Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I am with Tony Tonaer. Uh, he is the CEO and founder of Kings of Indigo. Hello, Tony. Hi, bonjour. Uh, to begin with, could you please uh, introduce yourself, uh, come back quickly on your pathway, and uh, and maybe uh, introduce uh, Kings of Indigo, please. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm, uh, I'm Tony Tonar. I'm based in Amsterdam. Uh, I've been uh, studying uh, Amphi, which is a fashion management uh, course, uh, graduated in 93, worked for Pepe Jeans, worked for Ubi, worked for Koichi, the first organic denim brand, and started my own brand, Kings of Indigo, in 2011. Uh, one of the most sustainable denim brands in the industry, I would say. And uh, yeah, we. Uh, uh, I'm 52 years old. Like I said, live in Amsterdam with uh, my wife and two kids. And uh, my company is Amsterdam. We are truly Amsterdam-based. We make uh, denim, apparel, uh, accessories, all made in, uh, in a sustainable way, or the most sustainable way, in a fair way. And uh, yeah, we do that uh, with a lot of fun, a lot of passion. What, what does it mean, sustainable fashion, uh, according to you? That's a very good question. Sustainability has been a word which has been really abused in, uh, in the past few years, I think. So I, I, don't, I don't think it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, hmm. we, uh, we think sustainability, uh, we, we use five pillars to define uh, sustainability. So I, I use more and more the words actually circular fashion and fair mm -hmm. fashion rather than sustainability because uh, I think it doesn't cover what we do anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I can explain a little bit more later on, on what kind of five pillars we, we work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and uh, what we think is sustainable fashion. Okay, we'll come back on this one. Maybe, I mean, you mentioned that you work for different brands uh, previously. What has been your Eureka moments uh, when you decided to, to start this new brand and decided that you're going to be 100% sustainable? Well, I started with Koichi in uh, 2003. Uh, and was mm -hmm. hired there as the managing director. And that was already uh, 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 started in 2001. So they already had the sustainable concept and the organic cotton concept and fair trade concept. And I was just hired for them uh, to do this. So I was not, I was working for Pepe Jeans and for Ubi before, I was not working in a sustainable way. And I got in contact to these NGOs who started this brand and they were looking for a strong person who has a technical background and a commercial background to head up the company. And there I learned how cool and how interested it was to make something beautiful, something qualitative and something also something clean and fair. Yeah. yeah. And those two worlds in those days were really separate. Mm. It was fair, fair trade or organic cotton was hippie granola ugly hmm. Hmm. and bad quality and I, I i i've thought it was a great challenge to to change the mind of the consumer and the retailer uh, and also the factories that those two worlds can be united 
can you explain us maybe more? Uh, well, first, how did you manage to change the mind of the consumer and of the market? And uh, and secondly, what's the difference at, at, at the end between uh, a sustainable product and a um, conventional product? Yeah, conventional product. Um, I think we we uh, we are uh, focusing only on sustainable products from day one. I was like I said, I'm a bit crazy. I was uh, sniffing on it. I had so much experience. So when I started with King's Vinegar, there was for me no choice to go for conventional or sustainable mm. because I thought it was so much fun to innovate and to keep changing production processes, make them cleaner, make them more interesting, make them new, rather yeah. than just keep doing the same process over and over again and for me i mean the difference between a, a sustainable and a conventional product is of course different uh, pillars like i said before yeah. it's mainly of course the material use so we uh, when we start sourcing we only source for with Guichi, it was only organic cotton in those days but now we, we do uh, many many different fabrics from the tencel linen hemp recycled cotton recycled polyester okay. recycled wool so the, the choice starts with the material and then it's the factory. We work with Fairware Foundation. So the social mm -hmm. component is very important for us, that the social standards, mm -hmm. there's no child labor, there's the right to unions, etc. really, really important. And of course, in the denim business, it's very important to, uh, to, to monitor your water use and your pollution yeah. with uh, the dyeing and the washing, which has been a very big problem in the past. Mm -hmm. So we use Genealogia machines or Tonella machines and work with AEM. Uh, environmental impact measurement scores to measure how much uh, pollution we have. Of course, we mm -hmm. have a waste management uh, pillar, which makes sure that we have uh, no as little as possible waste, and we work more in the cradle to cradle way. Mm -hmm. And we we are aiming to uh, to exhaust as little CO2 as possible. And those, for me, is the holistic approach of a sustainable product. Five yeah. pillars, which every single product needs to apply on. And you need to make it transparent for the consumer. And if you mm, can make it mm. transparent for the consumer, I believe that they buy the story. Yeah. And uh, when I was with Koichi, uh, to be honest, how we did the strategy for communication there was don't tell it's sustainable because people think it's, it's not good or not cool mm. or not mm. good quality. Mm. And since five years, also with Koi, we started like that. But since five years, we, we see that consumers and also retailers later they started to become interested in actually a cleaner product. So now we have the other side that uh, that we have to really inform the consumer. But the problem mm. with the consumer is at the moment that there's so much information everywhere yeah. that they don't know. So many certifications that nobody knows what, what is a sustainable product anymore. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's a jungle of certifications and labels and terms. Mm. So uh, the, the ideal thing would be in the, in the world to have like a proper benchmark. And so, to, so people know, like, if you go to IMDb to select a movie, you see a, mm. an 8.4 or 6.7. Or if you buy a washing machine, you see red to green with, yeah. a, with a, a to G. We need a simple, idiot-proof kind of benchmark for our consumers. Not that they're idiots, but, I mean, it's mm. simple to understand and easy to understand. Also for the people who are not super interested in sustainability, but still want to buy something better that yeah. we can inform them in a very easy way. And that has yeah. been the biggest challenge in the past. The story of making a, a good, fair per, pair of jeans is, is so complicated, although mm. it's, just, mm. just, it's just a jeans, right? It's such a simple product and already there. Yeah. There's so many different phases mm. which you want to, where you can improve. 
that's very hard to 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 summarize the sustainable part to a consumer and convince him to buy a better mm. product. Mm. Mm. And what do you do at um, Koi, um, at Kings of Indigo, um, to to communicate to the clients, uh, to make it very simple, very clear, and very straightforward? And even though uh, somebody is not interested by sustainability, he likes your style of jeans, style of garments, and uh, he's... Uh, He's got the, the certitude uh, that uh, what he's buying is sustainable. How do you mm-hmm. how you do, communi- do you communicate this? Uh, first of all, you may need to make an amazing product, uh, which of means course. that you have to select the best fabrics from the best mills. Mm. You mm. work with the best factory. You work with the best laundries, and I think we do that. We 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 produce as close to home imp- as possible. So everything we produce is made around the Mediterranean mainly. So it's, it's Italy, it's Tunisia, Turkey. Greece, mm-hmm. Portugal, uh, and a little bit of India. So, but so so we are working with the best people, and I think good people create good products. And then you have to be transparent about it. So I think if you really show what is what is behind it, like I said, if you show what the five pillars are, and sh- and and also uh, prove it with cer- good certifications, like mm-hmm. organic cotton, OCS, or a, a general recycle standard. You work with uh, a reliable measurement system like AEM score from Genealogia, of course, is, mm. is, is working. And you work with Fairware Foundation, which is an independent institute, which are auditing our factories to make sure that you have proper working conditions for your workers and mm. uh, paying a reasonable salary to the workers. Mm. And I think uh, if you can show all that on your product, in your product or online, that's the kind of proof where where uh, I think is, is, is the, way, the way to do it at the moment. In the future, are we working with uh, with uh, new technologies or researching with blockchain technology to see how we can avoid the whole certification flow with a lot of papers and a lot of uh, documents to get it more in an IT environment uh, secured. Do you forecast the end? Do you forecast the end of certification and and something new? Uh, is there any anything global and standardized uh, that's going to be implemented soon? No, I think still there's nothing really globalized. And that's a mm. little bit of a problem, I say. There's so many organizations yeah. who certify and so many yeah. organizations who also work on fair working conditions. And each company has their own policy that is for a consumer, it's impossible to judge. So in the ideal world, there would be one certification worldwide or one benchmark. Like I said, mm. if, ideally for me on this these five pillars to, to, to show... Uh, transparent what you do with your material with your working conditions with your water use mm. your waste management and your co2 exhaust mm. we can uh, organize that with our whole industry to get one kind of benchmark for that i think this mm. would be the breakthrough for sustainable fashion mm. and and today you can for example you can say that uh Your jeans and your garments um, um, are consuming uh, um, 10% of uh, of conventional products. How do you how do you present this? Uh, it's it's very. I mean, on each product, of course, is different because we, first mm-hmm. of all, we don't use any conventional cotton. Uh, okay. We only use organic cotton, and uh, let's say most of the organic cotton uses less than co- less water than conventional cotton, but not of all, course. of course, because mm-hmm. there's also mm-hmm. natural irrigated areas in the world where we produce cotton, and there's uh, not natural uh, uh, artificial ways to irrigate your 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 water. Um, but I mean, if you look at the AEM score, you can uh, clearly measure how much water you save, and that's mm. uh, in the washing. It uh, can vary from uh, uh, 
500 to to 2000 liters of water mm-hmm. um, but the, the exact footprint is quite hard to uh, to measure you know this podcast is uh, is produced by uh, premier vision um uh, what's your relationship with with premier vision uh, today i like it, it it's an, it's an institution right it's uh, it's uh, i've been working uh, 25 years in the fashion industry I've been visiting Premier Vision many times. To be honest, also, I mainly have visited Premier Denim PV or Denim Premier Vision uh, in the past uh, decade and less Premier Vision itself because mm-hmm. my focus always has been Indigo and Denim. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for me, it's it's one of the, the great platforms in the world uh, which is uh, making sourcing easier for, for brands. Mm-hmm. And I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, Premier Vision uh, plays an important role to make sure that the uh, the brands have uh, a, a good contact and a good uh, way to research for new innovations in sustainable uh, fabrics and uh, treatments. Over the last um, decade, uh, according to you, what what have been the the the, the biggest um, step forward in terms of uh, sustainability in the world of denim? The last decade. I mean, one decade ago, nobody talked about sustainability. <laughs> Now everybody's talking about sustainability. It's okay. 180 degrees changed. I mean, when I started in 2003 with Koichi, people were laughing at me. Do you think you're an <laughs> idiot? You're a, you're a hippie. What, who cares about this? You know, about organic cotton or about uh, fair, fair working conditions. When I started with Kings Vinigo in 2011, it changed already a little bit. Mm-hmm. But still, it was very, very uncommon. There were only a few brands, a handful of brands uh, working on this. And also with suppliers, it was almost impossible to get organic fabrics mm. um, from mills. Very high minimums, um, very uh, uh, one to two euros per meter more expensive, uh, longer lead times. So it was very difficult to get it. What I see at the moment is that all the all the denim mills, but also other fabric suppliers, Tencel or Knitwear, they have a, a, an all of them have like a range of sustainable fabrics. Not everything, mm-hmm. but they all have this as one of the main focus points for now, but also for the future. And for me, for sure, this is we are beyond the point of no return. Mm. Yeah, and so, so I, th- I think that this is it you know this is going to be the future but, but I mean the last 10 years when we started was we had to convince so many people to work in this way yeah, and also try to show and then uh, that is possible or convince people to to help us to to put yeah. lower minimums or to reduce the price a little bit so also is a, mm. a product which is available for not only there The, the, the people with a bigger budget to make a yeah. fair fashion also accessible to the let's say the normal consumer mm. and that and that mentality now I think in my opinion the the, the, the suppliers the fabric suppliers and the dyeing houses are actually further than most of the brands and mo- definitely further than most of the retailers and they're closer to the demand and the mentality of the consumer at the moment mm-hmm. than the two steps in between according to you um, what have been the, the- key success factors of um, of uh, kings of indigo because i mean is uh, my question uh, under this question is uh, to what extent sustainability has been um, a key success factors because when you when we arrive on your website you, you we can see that sustainability is uh, is very big in the in the dna of the brand 
Yeah. Um, there is a, typically I, I uh, invite all the people who are listening to this podcast to go on your website, but you've got the men section, the women section, and the sustainability section where you explain your pillar, you explain, um, well, you, you explain the stories, uh, of, uh, of the yarn, the material, uh, of the factories, etc., with a lot of transparency. Um, has it always been the case uh, since day one, or and, and and why you decided to put it uh, in front of a uh, of a shop? To start with, uh, when we started, we definitely did not show this on our website when we started, uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, like I said before, a lot of retailers and even a lot of consumers were not attracted by this message, and they mm-hmm. was more like a reason not to buy than a reason to buy. So how we actually treated this uh, when we started the first uh, years was to make it a very uh, little bit hidden, a little hidden gem, like a hidden mm. diamond. So what we wanted to do is to make the unconscious people unconsciously conscious. So at first they didn't see it, and then they see the label inside, or like a pocket bag print inside, and they say, hey, organic cotton, that's, that's nice. So wow, it's made fair with fair work condi- condition, but in an artwork, which was not the logo of Fairware Foundation, also not the, lo- mm-hmm. the logo of Gods, but our own artwork, which hide a little bit the message and put it in a cooler way. Mm. So that's why we secretly kind of brought this message uh, to the consumer and to the retailer. In over the years, you feel you feel and you you notice that more and more consumers were really interested in where is the cotton coming from, uh, what is the certification, how much water do you use to wash this jean? Is it uh, are the buttons? What kind of material is? It? Hey, there's a leather patch on it. Leather? Why do you use leather? Why why are you not vegan? So I see the interest in this has been so much more. Uh, there that we also in the course of the years we have uh, uh, we have changed this whole labeling so on product we show uh, on the back pocket folder it says now organic cotton vegan denim recycled metal buttons uh, fairly produced with fairware foundation and uh, so in the beginning so it's like 180 degrees uh, change uh, so uh, b- mainly because the consumers are now ready for it and the retailers start to become ready for it, mm. and uh, and I think uh, so. We have we have really changed this. But if we would have communicated this like we do today, in mm. the beginning, I think it would have worked against us. Okay. Okay. But still, okay. we did it. So we still did it. So just put it silent and still do it because I mm. believed, and all, everybody in the industry knew we were doing it. But towards yeah. the end consumer, we had two consumers. The person who's interested could find it easily. And the people who's not interested is not rejected by it. So we had two consumers, the, in, the eco-consumer and the non-eco-consumer who's really interested in lovely, great, amazing denim. That was actually the success, I think, in the beginning also to, to get this uh, going. Uh, or do you see um, Kings of Indigo uh, in, the, in the next 10 years when it comes to sustainability? What, what is your vision? You, you were talking about blockchain, uh, but... Um, mm-hmm. What, what is what would be the perfect uh, sustainable brands in 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 five or ten years? I, th- I think what what is what is really good what uh, what our industry has achieved that almost every brand is working on this subject. So one of the goals was also to show our industry that you can make a great, affordable, quality mm. product, which is cool and fitting really well. And I see that all the all the bigger brands and also a lot of smaller brands starting now to follow these rules. So our our ambition is always to stay the pioneer, 
we are a relatively small brand. We are we uh, we can act, we can act quickly. We can innovate quickly. We have a very short decision making process. Mm. So what I like to what my my passion is is to keep innovating. So to never be uh, satisfied, but always try to make uh, less impact uh, of lower in a more impact, but with less impact of a low impact. Of mm-hmm. So uh, we are our aim is actually to reduce the amount of uh, new cotton. Uh, which we are doing already about this year about 30 percent of our materials will be recycled cotton and uh, my ambition is to in 2025 to not use any new cotton anymore but only recycled cotton and man-made fibers and natural products like linen and hemp um, the other one is of course to uh, even to re- of course we use less water at the moment and less chemicals but my ambition is to use no water and no chemicals anymore for washing and to do it with uh, different techniques uh, besides that, we are working on 100% circular concepts. So where everything, 100% of the genes can be actually reused for a new, either a new product or a new uh, fabric. So for me, the future of fashion is not sustainability. It's it's circular, a circular approach of fashion. Wow. So it means that you are collecting old genes to make some new ones, right? So you, yes. you set up a, yes. a logistic way of doing this. We do that already, but I think it's also really important to, of course, to, to start thinking about uh, uh, if you design a pair of jeans, that also when the jeans uh, as, is at the end of its life cycle, of course, we try to extend the life cycle as much as possible but by making great quality denim, which lasts mm-hmm. for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, maybe more. Then you can repair them, you can uh, upcycle them, you can reuse them, buy them secondhand. But then if they are being recycled, you should be able to take off the metal buttons. Mm. You should be able to take off the patch. You should be able to have the yarn, the garment is stitched with that can be going into the recycled uh, process. That the fabric mm-hmm. composition is as homogen as possible, so it can also be uh, recycled. So my ambition is also in the design process, work more on the cradle-to-cradle philosophy rather than just making a sustainable denim. I think that's Mm -hmm. the future because every waste product, every leftover product should be the start of a new product. And I think that's the future of our industry. Mm-hmm. And and uh, are you a- anywhere close to this today? Uh, I mean, you, you started to to do upcycling, but uh, uh, the, what, how much does it represent in your in in the overall um, uh, in the overall uh, item in your collections? Uh, at the moment, I mean, we are working towards that. I mean, we're developing at the moment the genes, yeah. which is working through this concept. Uh, mm. At the moment, we focus mainly on uh, only using recycled trims on our genes, so recycled okay. metal buttons, recycled uh, polyester patch or recycled mm-hmm. jacron patches, recycled okay. polyester stitching yarn. Um, we're not there yet to 100% uh, uh, work through the cradle-to-cradle norm, but we're working on a pen like that. Okay. And uh, okay. we're also launching now a pant which is made out of 100% recycled cotton, which is uh, which is a great concept. Yeah, so it's 100% made of reused material. And uh, next to that, also we launched this year the Regen fabric from Kaniani, which is 50% refibra and mm. 50% recycled cotton. So also has no new cotton. So those are okay. my two main examples towards a more sustainable product. Uh, and by and by the gradable stretch we launched also this year which is also an amazing fabric from Kaniani actually which uh, if you bury it it, it it completely deteriorates because there's no polyester in it but natural mm. rubber mm. so uh, 
for me, those are great examples for how the future of uh, our, our product can be. When it comes to to the to the industry, um, I think I think the especially the the denim industry has 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 made a lot of improvements uh, in terms of sustainability. But uh, uh, speaking more globally about the whole um, uh, garment industry, um, how can we accelerate our sustainable uh, revolution? According to you, uh, I think uh, first produce less clothing. Yes. I think that would really help. So uh, sell less shitty quality clothing and make sh make people buy less with higher quality so it lasts longer. Hmm. Uh, so less fast fashion and make the fashion a little bit slower. Uh, I think hmm. that, that would really help because a lot of, I mean, if you look between uh, in the last 20 years, I think the amount of uh, time we wear uh, one piece of clothing has really decreased. And the amount of clothing being produced is increased by 60%. So I think we're only creating more waste. And while we should create less waste, I think the other thing is to make sure that if I look at the recycle uh, machines or sorting machines for for clothing, there's, there's some great innovations going on, I think, where if you have uh, old clothing, they're being sorted and are much easier to be uh, recycled uh, based on the right content and the right color. Mm. So even uh, you can make recycled yarns in the right color already so they don't have to dye it anymore. So I think these kind of innovations, um, that, that, is, that is very, very important. Next to that, of course, the biggest thing is also uh, it's a logistic component. Yeah? How do mm. you get the recycled or old garment from one consumer back to a source? Or uh, from, uh, so yeah, it, it's really good to think about uh, to put in our Western world, closer to home, more facilities where we can recycle clothing or yarns so mm. we don't have to ship it all the way back to china or to bangladesh or to whatever country is being made but start producing closer to home again i think that really also helps in uh, co2 exhaust and uh, sending less ships with containers over the world to have less air freight that also helps with our air, pol uh, our air pollution and uh, cleaning up uh, the world as well I mean, let's talk to the young designer who are listening to us right now uh, who wants to start a brand or who are working for big brands. Um, what's your advice when it comes to choosing the right fabric, choosing the right way of, uh, of um, producing your garments? Uh, what would you have um, loved to hear uh, a few years ago when you started your career into this uh, into this world <laughs> oh, man. it's 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 huge it's a huge difference right if i i, yeah. I work a lot with uh, with fashion uh, institutes or with uh, apprentices and trainees from schools and if you look what the young generation already learns in school now about uh, denim and about washing and about sustainable fabrics This is really top of mind with young designers already when they yeah. leave fashion school. Mm. When I left fashion school, I never heard about denim and I never heard about sustainability. So mm. I think the young generation is already so much on board with this concept and they really feel this. And also, if I see how many uh, applications we have for trainees on in our company, you see that people are so interested in this subject. So I, I, I to be honest, I, I feel that we don't, as old people, uh, we don't have to... Uh, <laughs> teach the young people anymore because they know better than we do eh? yeah. and a big compliment to a lot of the teachers and the people who make the learning programs in fashion schools they're doing a great job to put this uh, very high on the agenda mm. of the future of fashion it is definitely uh, 
uh, upcycling uh, or uh, recycling or circular thought. I think it, it, we don't we don't have to teach them. We just have to give them the opportunity mm. and the freedom to do it. So yeah. I, th- I would more say to the management. Put it as a priority list so you give the freedom to the designers to create to create products in a new way. Uh, let's move to the quick rapid fire question. Um, you just need to answer by one word or one sentence. Um, what do you want to close the door to in our industry? A fast fashion which is cheaply produced. <laughs> Where do you look at to get inspired? I have two inspirations, United States and Japan. The origin of denim and the guys who made denim to the premium level. What is the last piece of clothes you bought? I never buy clothes. I only wear my own <laughs> product. <laughs> so I only buy shoes. And that has been okay. a, par- a pair of uh, uh, tricker shoes. And who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? Mm, I would li- love to uh, hear the designer of Capital uh, speaking. Oh, Capital right. Japan. Capital Japan offer, of yeah, course. Of course. Thank you so much, Tony. It was a pleasure to, to talk to you and to know more about uh, about your brand. Congratulations for everything and uh, and see you soon uh, at Denim Première Vision, maybe. Okay. Well, thanks for this <laughs> and uh, good luck with the the show, even in a digital platform. And hope to see you all live in the future again. Definitely. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 